Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode, what is this, 163 of the Guardian Hub podcast, where we talk Destiny, interview guests, and talk about our love of the game. And this is the opening of season of The Haunted. Destiny season 17, is that right? Uh, 17, I think, is accurate. Yes. It is upon us the first yeah. week out. So tonight, why don't we talk about reviews on a couple things of what we think of the season so far, the seasonal activities, and also, since we were recording a little bit later in the week, we can talk about the dungeon that was released. And then, um, well, maybe even beforehand, when we're talking about like the seasonal activities in the dungeon, I would like Des, or whoever, probably Des, because Sin or I may not know the story as well, just a quick recap of what everything means, um, because... I'm a dumb dumb and don't know really the basics of the dungeon because I was not reading or listening to the voice lines. <laughs> so too busy going through it. Yeah. Good enough. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. So yeah, season of the haunted. Um. Yes. Uh, we are on. Okay. So. Oh yeah. So they were keeping it secret, and then it was planned to come out. They told us the morning before, but then we think Japan might have released it early, or maybe this was the plan all along. And then the night before, uh, the trailer leaked out, and then they pushed the full trailer out. And then yeah, we start right. It was the night before that we got that uh, other yeah. version of it. Somebody posted in our Discord. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we found out that, in a sense, the Leviathan is back because the Leviathan is uh, on the moon. But, oh. uh, yeah, talk in about... Orbit, the... I, is it I don't think it's directly on the moon, but it is in the vicinity of the moon, for sure. That's what it is. Okay. Um, so it's like right, right next to it in orbit, right above Thanks it. So. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't think it's actually on the moon itself, but uh, information could come up that corrects me about that. So <laughs> supposedly there's a yeah, no, this does make sense. I mean, if it was on the moon, then in a way, and even in the picture in the director, it shows it just to the left. So it, it does make sense. Like this isn't quote I mean, directly. It is supposed to be an world eater, right? So it's gotta be bigger than the physical actual moon itself, I'd imagine, right? Well, that's true too. I mean, it's probably about the size of the moon, to be honest. Um, because it's not a giant, an absolutely ginormous thing. Uh, but still, I would, I wouldn't say it's as large as a Death Star. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Potentially not. I'm potentially beaming down the moon right now. Supposedly, you can see it in the skybox. Ah. Harbor. And when people were trying to reference different sizes, they're like, yeah, this, when they say world eater, I think of it more as like maybe it just eats small parts or blows up a world and then eats it. It's not going to be like, I mean, size that it could swallow Jupiter whole. For sure. Because, I mean, it apparently spent the entire time of St. Nessus's orbit eating it. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely nothing huge. I like swallowing it direct. Yes, go to um if it, if you're in Game Sin or Des, go to Sarles Harbor. It's actually pretty cool in the skybox. You can see kind of a reference 
it's pretty darn close to the surface and you can kind of see the size of it. And you cool. can see the very top, uh, the whole um, Leviathan um, raid. Well, now it's the patrol area, the very top with the circular and all the pillars and columns. And, you know, that's the area that we kind of explore the upper top area when we're doing that patrol. Cool. Yeah, yeah pretty. Do that. I didn't check out. I was thinking of that before you said it. and It seems like a good idea to go and check it out for sure. But the Leviathan is now what the derelict Leviathan. Yes, and it has haunted moon things on it, and yes. it has the stuff like from the Presage mission, the aggregate or whatever the hell. Aggregore. Uh, Aggregore. Thank you. I mean, what are we taking? Just even you can go as short or long as you want, Des. What are we taking? Like, what basically happened here? I mean, Kalos communed with presumably the witness. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's pretty much confirmed that he's communed with the witness. Um, so he's definitely attempting. I don't know. He he essentially wants to be chosen by the darkness, as, and that's kind of like the uh, you know, kind of like the his end goal essentially. Um. I think he's kind of in that right. He wants to see, like, I don't know, his, his motivations are a little weird. Because, again, he, he went into, like, while on the Leviathan, he he went to this, like, empty space of space, saw, like, the nothingness there, and was just utterly enamored by this nothingness, which has kind of, like, led him to this darkness where there's supposed to be nothing afterwards. So yeah, he's he's weird. <clears throat> yeah, but it's kind of sad. Um, because on the Leviathan, it's not all shiny and pretty anymore, and like the no. the water areas and pools are like all dried up, and there's all the um, egregore taking over, and it's looking all ugly. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, is uh, this is blah. Uh, presumably, this is the start of his communion with the darkness, basically, um, which could be why the egregore is everywhere. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's the Egregore almost reminds me of the uh, of the plants, uh, the flowers in the Black Garden, which are said to are supposed to like take over you, essentially. Yeah, uh, because we have that one mission where we find a body where the Egregore is fused to like. Skull and neck, essentially, I think was where it was. So, yeah. Very yeah. weird. <laughs> and, and the goal of the Leviathan being near the moon now is what? To get us to trick us to come aboard it? Or is he trying to do something just closer to us in orbit? I don't know. This is, well... Um, because I think that was a line that Ares had mentioned at some point in time uh, during all of this, as uh, the fact that when the moon created the nightmares, it was it was a defense mechanism mm -hmm. to stop you from getting to like the pyramid and like doing whatever we did back then. 
Yeah. Um, but this is like a malicious attack. This is definitely focused. Yep. So it's it's there's definitely the difference because again, ah, it's hard to explain. Well, it's even making a little more sense than than what uh, and and if it sounds like we're all over the place, we did talk a little bit. By the way, we were on guests on um, Potato Thumbs podcast on Thursday, and so we and you know we talked a little some of our thoughts on the season there too. So I'm just trying to kind of remind myself. Um, what we need to talk about on this podcast for those that don't listen to Potato Thumbs. Do check them out, actually. Really cool group of people. Potato Thumbs podcast. Um, and we were guessing Des and I this last episode. But um, yeah, I did kind of want to think of like what else we need to talk about to review the season and what's basically going on with the story. Because it's cool and all, but this time more than ever, I just kind of feel like even with the closed captioning text and everything, I just was not paying attention very well. <laughs> it's a lot to take in too. I mean, I mean, coming from we've all played, you know, D two vanilla, right? And the Leviathan has been taken over by all this darkness and aggregor, or whatever you want to call it, um, nightmares and nightmares. You know, it's a, it's definitely a lot to take in. Obviously, we not exploring all of the same spaces, but you do have a lot of the same spaces, right? You know, outside of what? Yeah, the tell, us, tell us about dungeons. that, Sin. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in pools now, just kind of roaming around and kind of looking at everything and just kind of taking it in. That's why I didn't get over to the moon yet to check out that skybox. But yeah, I mean, it's... Um, we have the Castellum. Castellum. Uh, you have, you know, really one entrance way to everything else, right? Not everything else, at least not on patrol. I mean... For the most part, uh, you, from what I've seen, you can't get into what the throne room, but you go and, in through and, the dogs and gauntlet and the gauntlet. Mm -hmm. But just, I mean, well, they're just yeah, they're in a mission. I just I was trying to get yeah. to the you answering sin what we can see on patrol. Yeah, <laughs> starts so, there yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah, you go from Castellum into the uh, dog arena, and then from there over into pools. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I'm just kind of looping around a different way and just kind of taking in different hallways. Uh, but you kind of use a like what it's a combination path of like the underbelly and the um, what the underbelly and the um, those two rooms basically to, to to get between all of them. Yeah, you can you can either go back to the okay yeah there's the Castellum which was the central opening area like when we were doing the raid, and the two zones we can explore on patrol are dogs which they call the pleasure gardens so that's the official name and. Um, uh, the royal baths or royal, pools? What's royal pools? Yeah, yeah. And we would often just call that baths. Anyways, yes, they have the normal doors that would take you from the central area to each of those areas, and then there is one continuously open door which isn't open until you end in the encounters when we were doing the raids. You know, you'd have to either do a key or interact with something to open the underbelly to get to another area. But they have a direct path open between um, pleasure gardens and. Uh, pools yeah so that adds some convenience there too the, the staffs if i remember correctly you had to you had to go and kill a certain uh enemy type and deposit staffs to open the doors well no for castellum to get yes, the, yeah like for the normal part of the raid but yeah if you wanted to do the underbelly you had to do a different thing right yeah right 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 got it 
Yeah, and there is the new public event, quote, seasonal activity in the Castellum area, um, which, how would we describe it? Uh, it's a containment? I think it's called <laughs> a containment activity. Yeah, yeah, containment. yeah. But yeah. Um, it's legitimately, like, uh, for, for those that have been around D2 long enough, this is Castellum. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the activity is 100% how you used to open, because there was one of two ways you can get around the raid, like you said before, Kingsley, because you can either shortcut through the underbelly from encounter to encounter, or you can go back out to Constellum and do the entire unlocking process all over again. Mm -hmm. Which, depending upon how well you knew the underbelly, one was definitely easier and one was not. <laughs> yeah. Entirely depending on if you had somebody that knew the underbelly. If you didn't, you just went back out to Constella and you did that again and you did it straightforward. <laughs> yeah. uh, and sometimes even but, it was even if we knew it, it almost seemed if we knew it was gonna be a long path, it was just easier yeah. to go. Because it was also knowing you had to kill the um oh the little turrets and the little zones, remember like the doors would close oh God, yes. and stuff. So it really just depended on uh which path there was gonna be to take. <laughs> um but no, yeah, so the seasonal activity is it is definitely 100% inspired by the old opening of doors for Castellum. Because uh, before you would have to get the standard, place it in front of the thing, defend it. Um, occasionally there were with intermittent random because I believe the I believe the scions also appeared there as well in the bubbles. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, because that was an immunity thing for the people you needed to kill, or else they would take the standard. Yeah. But now it's just part of. It's like half of uh, progressing at the event at a specific stage. Um, so I think that it's because it's primarily opening Castellum combined with nightmare hunts. <laughs> yeah, which is good, good way to describe exactly it. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's public event style, which was really interesting and kind of cool that they're. Yeah trying this because if this continues to work well i this really is one of the better ways to do it the fact that they have fluid. a separate yeah the fact that they have a separate node though that will basically try and match make you into more populated instances for the public event mm -hmm. i really like that yeah yeah so and... you don't have to you can bypass like uh whatever methodologies we've had before for trying to get to you know, zoning and rezoning, and mm -hmm. all this, that, and the other. Because uh, Blindwell was also notorious for the slow walk. That way oh, you can yeah. extend the matchmaking as you zone. Um, so, yeah, they, they seem to have learned the lesson on public event style activities with that. Mm -hmm. Because every time I've used it, I've actually always gotten into an. Uh, an instance with an active public event happening. So, yeah, it's just so in your face, right? And when you, even yeah. if you don't want to necessarily do the public event and you're, quote, you know, going down for picking the just the Castellum instead of containment, you're still likely going to see the public event. It, it's on a very big rotation and it's like right in your face and there's, often going to be someone there so it's very tempting to join up you know there's going to be many reasons why we want to whether 
from the weekly seasonal stories where we're required to all the way to completing triumphs all the way to there's extra little chests and collectibles that you can only get if you complete the public event and then open side doors. So, you know, they're trying to uh, make it uh, have reasons why we would want to run it. Um, and also it's a pretty good source of ascendant allies. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know people were get them figuring that pretty, out. Yeah. You can get them pretty easily. In fact, the first person that said it was a possible drop, I had gotten so many from like my first three or four completions. I thought it was guaranteed at first until I didn't get one a couple times. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's, it is a chance. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's so a good chance. For all those good chance. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, what else? The uh, And of course, there's the seasonal uh, material thing that you seem to get pretty easily and then you can open... It's like you interact with a staff. I don't know what exactly the word is, but the the vestige of dread is you collect, yeah. and then when when you finish tier three, it's kind of like a wave base. By the way, too, we didn't mention it's like a tier yeah. one, a tier two, and a tier three. I mean, the other things have acted like that too, but um, so it does end at tier three. But when you end a, finish that, there's like a chest, but then there's also you can interact with. Um, ugh, do you remember what's called? There's like a staff looking thing there. Or it's banner. Like a... Banner, yeah, and then yeah. Turning your 500 vestige of dread and get stuff. More stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which is where you're going to get the good chance of ascendant alloy, you get the chance of seasonal stuff, and probably the better chance of getting uh, red border seasonal stuff, other than if you like uh, unlock the capability of focusing weapons in the seasonal tier. I haven't and done then, that yet. So. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that yet. But I did want to mention I just there's a lot of triumphs and collectibles and quote secret little things that even if you try to hit it hard, I just barely finished my last one earlier today because some are on a seem seemingly less often rotation. Anyways, in the two side areas specifically, there's lots of things you can I mean explore around in there a lot, especially with the fire team, but in the royal pools and or the and the pleasure garden there are at least you can look at the triumphs but at least two alcoves and, and we put a map in the discord uh, under infographics but two alcoves that have uh spawning in um little mini bosses and then two in each area and then also like at least like three or four sets of other little enemies that'll beam in from time to time that you have to do yeah. certain things to get all these triumphs checked off yeah, these, these areas are very, very busy. Um, lots of nightmares, lots of... Uh, I think in the pools, I ha there was this one where if you defeat like three nightmares, you can actually like summon this chimera nightmare or whatever, like this three-in-one. Oh, yeah, yep. Uh, which I didn't quite understand because I was running around the activity looking for... Of course, that's where the op opulent chests are quote-unquote hidden not really hidden but you know there <laughs> um mm -hmm. oh god um i will say for those uh because i know this happened in in the gardens um because there was actually one time where the lighting of course went dim like a public event was coming in yeah and there was an entire set of like wave enemies spawning 
inside the uh, the bunker at Gardens where we would normally hide for white from the white mechanic. Yeah, yep, yep. That's one of the alcoves. <laughs> yeah, so that's. Oh, then there was another one that was like tucked away, uh, which I believe is one of the underbelly paths. Anyway, um, yeah, because uh, I actually had a blueberry. Um, he was standing up high uh, in that area and shooting at me, and I was like, "What's going on here?" So I ended up making my way up towards him. And the enemies were spawning in, and it was like, oh, he was getting my attention to kill these guys, too. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's, it's a little nuts how busy like each of these individual areas are. Yeah. Well, one of my favorites, that it was the last one to get done, because I was having a hard time. I saw it kind of show up once, but I was the only one in the zone and didn't get it done. And again, today I was the only one, but did get it done. But at the behest of the Empress is in the pools area, and... Um, you'll get a message line and a voice line from Keitel saying that she's willing to give some helpers. She doesn't use that term, but you interact with like a little blue flag thing. And then it makes that like noise, like, you know, in the battlegrounds or that one strike. And then two uh, blue um, Keitel's helpers, um, blue colored um, uh, cabal come in NPC style, but they're on your side. And they kind of slowly move up as you're just going wave after wave of um, scorn. And then eventually a scorn boss and then a colossus boss uh, comes in. It says something of callus, and you have to kill both of those um, to complete that one. So kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, like I said, they've definitely gotten oof, a lot of stuff to attempt to keep us busy, for sure. Okay, so, and I know we don't know, but is Callus on the Leviathan or not? <laughs> is Callus alive? Is he a... Ro- what? What's going on with Callus? <laughs> it's hard to say exactly what Callus is now. I know, we don't um, know still. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's legitimately ridiculous, because of course we've never... We, as Guardians, have never interacted or seen directly Callus anyway. Um, because, you know, spoiler alert, but the end of Leviathan was a robot. Um, which, but I don't know why I say that, because, again, this season spoils that already with the mission. Because you actually have to interact with, with one of his robots. Um, but, no, so he's always spoken to us through robots. Or, And I think the theory is the closest we've come to seeing Callus was in the Shadow Realm in Leviathan. Which might have been a closer picture of his true self. Uh, depending upon the crazy powers he got. Uh, one thing yeah. I do love about Dare Le- Leviathan is we have, uh, when you're going up into the throne room, there's even more of the purple stuff just laying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was essentially, I believe, like the main component to his royal wine, if it isn't his royal wine anyway, uh, which is exactly what he was consuming to give himself vast mind powers anyway. So that's why Leviathan is a world eater, because it would actually eat the planet. He would grind the soil and such of the planet to make his purple wine to give himself psionic powers. So, yeah. yeah. And also another thing that's on the Leviathan, which we see at the very end of the dungeon, which we'll talk more about, is there's pyramid ship type stuff at the very end of oh. the dungeon. When you get to the very bottom before you um, 
it's almost like it's just starting to form or that he's like starting to bring it into the Leviathan. Uh, there's a couple of like of the horsey statue things, just barely. It's like you only notice it at the very end. It looks like Leviathan all the way until the end. And then there's like a few areas in the room right before the final room where it's kind of starting to look like pyramid ship style. Oh, that's why I was wondering, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that his presence is on the Leviathan, but I'm wondering because if the pyramid stuff is kind of taking over the, you know, the darkness stuff is congregating on the ship also. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely what he's after is some kind of communal or recognition from the darkness. So, uh, it's... It's definitely hard to say, like exactly if he's using the Leviathan as that focal point, um, or what. It's it's a little nuts. Yeah. Because um, right now, Callus or yeah, Callus is one of like the most mysterious like figures we still have in Destiny. Um, and just from like what the crap are his exact goals, now, other than like the Drifter, um. Uh, that yeah, it's it's tough to pin down like exactly why or anything. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the story first, and then maybe the dungeon? Or uh, we might have more to say about the dungeon. I don't know. We probably will because I mean, I don't know. Sin, are you awake? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> about what's happening in, in the dungeon. I mean, I know that some of the basics have been through a couple times. There are some 100% very interesting voice lines um, that I wish I would pay attention a little better to certain things. Well, that's okay. Uh, we'll have time to get back to it another week then, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah I was because one the basics, well, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. And, uh, it's, it's so cute. Well, yeah, essentially the super basics are we are invading Callus's mind. Okay. Um, we are like looking like because the main collectible in the dungeon are his repressed memories. So, yeah, like super super basic. We we are journeying, yeah, journeying into his mind to potentially weaken the connection that he's uh, that he's gained to the nightmare realm. Um, which I believe is the community designation of the red place in the dungeon. Yeah. Which is makes the, sense. Okay, so then is the idea and yeah, at the very beginning when Eris talks to us and then we kind of go down that little green portal thing, but is the idea his mind is both the regular and the nightmare area or is the regular yes. area real life? Oh, okay. So it's both areas. Yes, Even though we're I like on the actual Leviathan, his mind version, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely kind of, it, it, cause yeah, it's kind of like a combination of a season of the splicer with like the nightmare stuff, because we are definitely, mm -hmm. we're using one of his machines that he used to communicate through to get into his brain. Essentially. Okay. Sort of. But or, then it's certainly it's possible. Would be better. It's certainly possible then, then when I mentioned, because in the dungeon there's some of the pyramid uh, darkness stuff, maybe that's only in his mind's version, potentially. I don't know. As opposed to the real Leviathan. 
could be essentially like his growing connection to the darkness. Yeah. Because I mean, he has he has gone through uh, interesting, uh, like he's the first person I know of that's actually like hunted the darkness down to be recognized by it. Everyone else, including us, or I guess the witness, um, has always revealed themselves to people rather than someone. Like, Callus is one of the only people I know of that is actually looking to make contact with the witness rather than the witness just contacting them. Yeah. All right. So, the dungeon sin, what did you think about it? Like, overall thoughts? Um, we can, we don't have to talk about story now, but like the mechanics, the, how it felt, how, how you like it so far? Yeah. Um, I actually do like the mechanics of it. You know, once you got them down, uh, you know, I went in a little bit blind, uh, did that first part there with Batman. I know he ran the first part of the encounter, didn't do the second part. It was with um, Edifier as well. The It took us a few minutes to kind of figure out where we needed to go uh, after we, without spoiling too much of, of the encounter, the people haven't done it yet, but there's... Basically, the first encounter, and when you take down certain scions, you have to do something to progress the encounter. And it took us a few minutes to kind of figure out what we needed to do and where to stand to do it. Um, but after that, it seemed to go pretty easy. I didn't finish the dungeon on my first night. Uh, I was getting late, and I had to had to be up early the next day, so I did finish it on the second night. Uh, Des, uh, pretty sure, were you there for that one, or did, was that the checkpoint we ran? No, no, Des, I think you might have been there for my uh, completion, right? Yep, I was there. Oh, yeah. And, um, but other than that, I mean, it's it's not awful. Not it's awful. not awful to do once you get the rhythm down. And <laughs> it does require a rhythm. <laughs> There's some call outs and some rhythms. Yeah, it does, it does require rhythm. Yeah, if you have people actually listening to what the rhythm is, it might be even a little easier. <laughs> Listen Is to that right, the rhythm. <laughs> breathe in. Hey, breathe I'm out. not the only one who messed up that encounter. Well, but you, but you were the main one. <laughs> uh, I beg to differ. Well, no one's going to be perfect at this at the beginning. I remember even Grasp took a lot of people quite a while to get it down, and that's okay. Um, we don't have any expectations at the Guardian Hub, too. <laughs> for how good people's play styles are and everything. Okay. Okay. You say that, but also at the same time, I do have certain expectations of, you know, telling someone's like, we need to be close to this bell to do this thing. Oh, sure. And, yeah. two, of, and two of us are in this bell and someone else is like 50 meters away. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've played, I've played with people like that too. I mean, you can, uh, 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 barely say sometimes even ADD comes into play. There's different types of ADD also. <laughs> even sometimes I've forgotten, but yeah, normally I personally wouldn't forget stuff like that right away. But um, uh, yeah, what do you but, think uh, to of be the fair, dungeon? Uh, to be fair, like I said, once we finally broke down why, uh, Sin did pay, ten pay more attention, so I'll <laughs> give him that one. 
Sin is the best person uh, to pay attention and not pay attention, right? <laughs> right. Does that make sense? <laughs> I know because he's sitting you, there. I, I know he heard us talk about standing, like where to stand in the final encounter. Still wouldn't do it until I broke down. I was like, okay, this no, is I why. Mean, he's like, oh, okay. I mean, this is a compliment. Like, there's times <laughs> yes. where Sin will not pay attention, and there's times where he's doing ten things and he's paying attention where I wouldn't be able to pay attention with ten things. <laughs> It's it's just weird because you know he's listening. Most the, he listens most of the time, but it, sometimes, yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's weird. It's a Sin great weird. You have Sin. <laughs> in all fairness, it is a new dungeon and a lot to take in. And if oh, you want to, yeah. yeah, if you want to observe every like nook and cranny and nuance with it, it's uh, which I like to do. I like to take in a little bit more so I can no entirety of like what's going on try to know where the ads are spawning to and um yeah I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to running it more well there's collectibles i finished getting all my collectibles today and there is some fun triumphs like run with all clan run with all same class um of course there's master there's all sorts of things um but again let's talk about like Okay. What do you like or not like about the mechanics in this dungeon, Des? I mean, if you had to give it just a basic ranking compared to some other dungeons, how do you like it? Right now, I do like it. It kind of has a deep stone crypt syndrome because the mechanics themselves are, they feel easier to latch on to. Like, getting the mechanics isn't the struggle in duality. And I like that. I do enjoy, like, more, like, certain encounters where they're not, where the mechanics aren't, like, super obtuse. Like, you, like I said, the best way I can describe it is, like, Vault versus Deepstone Crypt. Vault was a little harder to decipher for those that knew it, but Deepstone was always classified as the easier raid because everything was just accessible I guess yep so it was a little easier to understand in deep stone whereas and like I said this feels easier to understand because um, that's like whenever because you and Kato helped me to start uh, my initial blind run uh, which y'all weren't blind so <laughs> but <laughs> Once I knew, like especially when uh, the first bell, once you ring it and switch dimensions, once I knew that was there, it's like, okay, so now I'm going to have to look for potentially hidden bells to shoot somewhere and like switch and swap. And so the navigation of it kind of, like I said, it was easy to, easy to understand, which of course is just navigation. So that's a good thing. But it also helped you get that grasp of switching dimensions for the actual encounters themselves, where you learn, it's like, okay, things are different in this dimension. So, tweak around and work around with that. And it is quite nice. Yeah. The, the thing that's coming to mind to me right now is I like the mechanics that they're not just too simple or basic, but you're right. Also, I was talking up too much. They're not complicated either, but the thing that's making the dungeon fun for me is for the most part, um, we have to care 
about ad control more. Yes. There's a, there's a lot of ads and it's keeping it interesting that way, keeping on your toes, moving around a lot, you know. Yeah. Well, that type yeah, of stuff. I, I don't feel this is going to get the DSC easy slash, you know, uh, boring part that quickly purely because, yeah, ad density is rough. <laughs> yeah. Ad density is rough. Um, and the fact that there's no, there's, there's never a stop to the ads. I mean, sure, you can clear the ads to pauses, but they are only momentary pauses. So there is no like super, even though nothing has a timer, there's still no like super, okay, we can sit here for a while and figure something out. You're going to have more ads coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's kind of a, t when you're in the darkness zones, there are timers. And that's what I love. You're right. There's no timers in the main zones. So you can kind of catch yeah. your breath there if you need, but then you have to always be in your toes for ads in both areas. And then in the darkness area, you even have a timer, <laughs> you know, that you, yeah. uh, well, except for the last, the very end, there's no timer, right? In the, uh, well, well, when you're doing DPS, there's I still guess, timers. There's no yeah, yeah. In yeah. essence, there's a timer just cause it only lasts for so long. Yep. Well, anyways, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. I, I was going to mention, I guess we don't have to spoil what the quote boss is, unless you think we should, but uh, I was I just mean, it's thinking. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare of Kalos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Kalos's like. Main nightmare? <laughs> own, own, yeah, it's like his own fear or regret or something but yeah it's it's his nightmare and it is very telling and i was actually surprised that this individual was a crafted enemy because yeah <laughs> on the on the <laughs> surface they looked like somebody else and then i realized oh wait no it is this person oh hey look at that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so unique to to see what they came up with because this dungeon is a pretty large play space and there's only like 5% of it that feels like it's zones we've seen before, like the entry area, you know, that was the, yeah. Um, the tribute hall. yeah, tribute hall and the old shooting gallery where we'd see numbers. And, uh, I think that's basically it. And then of course you come back to there at the very end, but, um, everything else is like these great, huge play spaces. Uh, they're pretty fun, pretty neat. And I love how they, they have slight architectural differences the further you go. Because uh, there are definitely places that reminded me more of Menagerie in the dungeon. Mm -hmm. And then there were more spaces that definitely reminded me more of Leviathan. Like, so I like the fact that it was... That, like I said, the architecture choices can actually be noticed. Yeah. And I really liked an area towards the end you are... You're in these big chasm areas, like the inner part of the ships, and it reminded me of Spire of Stars, where you see all the ships like yeah. connection points, and or like in the Dreadnought, you know that inner that middle area where there's like a wall on one side, a wall on another side, and you have to find your way over. And it's just so cool to think like, yeah, these are like we know there's like big play spaces on either sides of these walls, but then there's like these big open chasm areas too, and yeah. those are like the. Uh, the uh, Star Wars looking or Death Star looking areas, you know, with all the inner yeah. ship interconnection things. 
Oh, and also like you called the uh the uh the Shattered Throne esque areas as well with the high beams and the pillars. Oh yeah. <laughs> just, they seem just, a bit easier. Are they are they a little bit wider? Yeah. Um prob- about probably it. not, but just the fact that we don't have, you know, a whole dick ogres that can push you off. Um yeah. is probably just a million times better. And, and rotating <laughs> lights. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and uh, for most of, well, when you're in the shadow area, I guess if you fall off, uh, you're going to die there. But in the main areas, a lot of times they're just ultimately just over ground that you could land on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. also, uh, I had noticed because while we were running the dungeon, our, the bell of conquests that you ring in order to shift dimensions sounded familiar to me. And that was our season of the chosen season artifact. I do remember a bell artifact. Okay. Yeah, that was the bell of conquests. Uh, it was there. It was the thing to signify the rite of passage. Um, so that way we can challenge Keitel's champions. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up looking it up, and the first thing that popped up was, you know, season best seasonal mods to get in uh, the Bell of Conquest. It's like, oh, oh yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, and then of course there's like a big bill at the end, and what what kind of represents with Callus and 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 them about yeah, yeah like you said, conquests and stuff. <laughs> Big giant freaking bell. It's cool. And chains. I mean, we're not giving away like who the boss is or like the mechanics or anything, but the chains kind of like vaguely 20% represent the chains like in the Leviathan raid encounter. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did have uh, very light ish. Uh, yeah, the pools. Mm-hmm. The, the chains and the pools. I almost mm-hmm. forgot about those. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else about the dungeon? We we all have a couple clears, something like that. I do um, have two clears. Yep. Uh, one full run, and then a check checkpoint with Sin, and I might have a freaking another one to run today. <laughs> yeah, we'll, so. we'll all be at it for a while. Oh, and the loot is farmable. Uh, the the loot is different. We also put. Late breaking in um, infographics channel, a loot table infographic. Nice. Yeah, the loot is different. It's interesting. It's farmable. Um, Pinnacle only once per week per character, but I heard Master Pinnacles are continuously farmable. Hmm. Because that's the thing, because I thought whenever they mentioned uh, uh, Grasp, Grasp was farmable. But you would only get like additional rolls to whatever you would get dropped that week. So even though you can complete the activity like multiple times and get stuff, it's mainly like roll farming. Yeah. I don't know if it's a mistake or what, but you definitely get different stuff like dropping when you complete an encounter in this. Um, because when I was helping Sin and Lucifer, I had a pulse rifle drop from the final encounter, but on my original runs, I had nothing but armor the entire way through for drops. 
So yeah, yeah it is different. <laughs> Strangely, it is that's, different. That's pure farmable then, because according to the sheet, the pulse rifle is one of the legit drops for the third encounter. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. That, yeah, that blew me away whenever because it's like oh because i noticed one of the because of course the final encounter i believe gives you two drops and one of the things was another piece of armor it's like yeah okay whatever but i noticed it's like kinetic weapons full i'm like wait what wait what and sure enough cleared out a spot and yeah there's pulse rifles like oh, wow and what's more they're trying something interesting and new with the exotic drop which is a sword it is rng but you can increase your chances with doing things in the dungeon specifically checking off triumphs uh one of the things you can do is collect all the collectibles all the memories and then when you've collected them all you check that off you get a in essence a buff for the dungeon and for in whole i forget what it's called but then you'll have a greater chance of getting the exotic to drop from thence on thenceforth yeah. so that's a super this is a super nice idea i hope they find a way to incorporate more into yeah because i mean it's actually rewarding you for like and for those that have like you know sketchy rng like for exotics and stuff you know people that are still running uh foul you know, for the exotic, I mean, good lord, people that still haven't gotten enough X from Vault yet. I mean, just being able to like go through is like, okay, I'm having bad luck, but now I like there's these three things that I can work on that will give me a better chance at the exotic. I like that. Yep. What is one of them? Isn't like doing it on master will also give you getting a master, master. completion. Solo <laughs> and all of the uh, scannables uh, were the three that I noticed. Just checking it out. Yeah, completing it on master will give you an increased chance. Um, solo without dying, and then also without dying. Um, so you can do it non-solo also without dying, and then um, also just rough. regular solo too. Regular solo too, even if you die. So there's still like four more things along with uh, collecting all the memories. Yeah, that's it's going to be rough, though. I mean, I can foresee it being, like, once we get these, the rest of these other fragments unlocked uh, that we don't have access to yet, it's going to be better. For sure. I, I can foresee, because there's already one fragment that we don't have access to. Um, I believe it's Ember of Imperience. Uh, we're getting either solar weapon or ability kills will extend your uh, restoration effects. That will help a lot. Yep. Plus, I'm even getting closer to and looking forward to getting to 71. I'm almost to 1570 right now. Um, so once we start getting to 71, 76, power level, and yeah, more protection, more more uh, fragments, Um and uh, also, I'm looking forward to uh, eventually getting, it's on the last column of the artifact, Classy Restoration. Has anyone looked at that one yet? I 
have probably like three times. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You don't. You, mean you don't have it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Anyways, activating your solar class abilities grants you restoration. Oh so, yeah, that's gonna be super nice. Yes, I. I want to save a little bit of like some cool builds that we're finding out for maybe next week because we're also going to be focusing on that with some guests, but. I do want to say this class D restoration will build into some other builds I'm doing because I want to do empowering rift for reasons, but then I will also have healing with my empowering rift. So. I, yeah, I love the fact that I actually, I mean, to help with final encounter because, okay, I made mention in the discord that, that potentially anyone can do the limitless melee thing. Um, I found out, no, that is a, that is a hunter, uh, aspect oops uh, <laughs> um but yeah it is part of the oh god which one was it it's the one that modifies your supers uh, i believe it's the new knock them down um yes it is the new knock them down where if you're radiant getting a kill with your solar melee will recharge it um and that is again fantastic because i made an entire build for the entire or for the last encounter, uh, to give me more grenades. So my solar melee kills were giving me solar wells. Solar wells were giving me grenade energy. Dodging around enemies was going to refresh my melee and give me more grenade energy because of double bombardier. I had double grenade kickstarts on my arms um, because I was using healing grenade for survivability. Which... Still didn't keep me alive most times, but it kept me alive when it needed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, oh, the classy restoration and, like I said, the uh, Ember of Imperience. It's, it's going to be weird to be, to go into like this self healing supportive hunter. It's just strange. Because the closest things we've had to with hunters and support before were night, or of course, were void, and that was mainly uh, tether debuffs and potential invisibility gimmicks, which is still our thing. But oh, the fact that we can directly help with like weapon damage with since like hunters apparently lean into radiant more, so yeah weird things in yeah. a very different play style considering they made healing grenade a separate grenade <laughs> oh yeah i and that's even another one i i want to play with more but just this other build that i have is just too fun to switch off for now <laughs> especially if something oh, changes fair. so i better stay on it for now in case anything does <laughs> for sure like i mean it's it's weird they're they're really giving it, it's different i this interesting identities and I even uh, made the joke to Kato when we were running uh, last encounter um, <laughs> I made the joke of being glad we played around Lumina so much um, because basically he ended up because I knew his tactics with like healing grenades and stuff like that I already kind of knew what to do in like emergency situations with healing grenades <laughs> It's like you res a person, drop a healing nade right there. There you go. You're kind of safe. Uh, so 
so yeah, play the field. So yeah, it's interesting, like the things that I ended up picking up without even need, knowing that I would need to know these things. <laughs> so thank you, Lumina. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Hey, and one other thing, it's been a busy week, and uh, I don't necessarily know that we're going to do this each week, um, especially maybe not this next week because of Iron Banner, but we set up some uh, of the weekly new featured raid things. It was Last Wish this week, and all three of us yeah. were in separate raids, right? Yeah. We, had a, it, we didn't plan for it to be that way, but in essence, we had a Des raid, a Kingsley raid, and a Sin raid. I just think, yeah, yeah well... Yeah, because I think you and Sin made one, but I noticed there was one for eight o'clock. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, which I think Kato these... made it that one originally. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the other two filled, kind of filled up, and it's like, okay, that's fine. It's eight o'clock, fine. Join. I don't care if nobody else joins. If, if this falls apart, it falls apart. But I'm joining it <laughs> before yes. it fills up. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, they did work out, and it is so wild to see a pinnacle drop at the end of Last Wish. Right. These days, <laughs> it just drops on the screen when you finish. Um, it's not like a chest you go up or to anything. And it was great to, um, in my crew, had some one person uh, metal that had only done about half the raid in the past. And then um, Jealous and his buddy had experience in the past, but they hadn't run the whole thing recently. Yeah. And um, Red Grackle and then Zebrak were in my group. And uh, so, you know, I was doing a little bit of teaching here and there, but uh, all in all, a great crew. We got it done. Not too difficult. And um, I, I really like the idea of these weekly featured rates because <laughs> it'll give yeah. reasons to someone's like, hey, we haven't run. Uh, someone wants to run a DSC. Well, if it's coming around next week or the week after, we might as well wait till then and really make it an event because yeah. we'll also have a pinnacle and better loot drops and everything. It'll be far more worth it, yes. um, which yeah might stagger like interest in it, but at least that interest will peak whenever it is featured. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it will be nice to run through some of these. Um, it, like our raid crew was about normal to what uh I did end up running with salt. And his significant other, uh, the name I am now forgetting. Oh, Star oh, or something, or... I think. Yes. I'm sorry. But um, it was a super fun run. Uh, many of us had not run it. Oh, I know it's been since I got 1K like two seasons ago that I've even touched Last Wish at all. Um. Yeah, and many of us have, have been in the same boat, so getting to Riven and trying to figure her back out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was, it was a little bit of a journey. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got through. It didn't take us too long. Um, and, of course, it let me uh, recount the tale of Kato's first time through Last Wish, which is still some, some of my best memories in Last Wish. <laughs> now, was, carrying I was someone... I, I think we were all there. I, I um, seem to remember him saying, what even is going on? Like, we were going really fast yeah. and not explaining things to him. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Because they were like, yeah, imagine doing this and not knowing this, that, or the other. I'm like, yeah, imagine the, imagine doing this and not being told anything. 
<laughs> Isn't that right, Kato? <laughs> that was fun. Because oh. obviously the teaching and the Sherpas would normally happen depending on the crew. But like, I think Kato was the only one that hadn't run it. And all of us were. Yeah. And so we're like, do you want us to just get it done? or? T-? And I forget what it was. But anyways, he was very confused of what was going on. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, because explanations were down to a minimum. Yeah. Shoot well, things here, shoot things there. Okay, I I know exactly part probably too, especially if people like Sin or whoever was in the group. But I could understand actually of all the raids, someone who has never ex- experienced Last Wish before, and when we get, especially when you get to Vault, when you start hearing <laughs> dragon on stripper pole <laughs> facing right, <laughs> bird swimming through seaweed. Okay, we're going to breadsticks now. <laughs> Okay, no, run over to run over to Meatball instead. Okay, Penumbra is the only sin. Uh, you know, there are people like, what the exactly. hell? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the re- new reactions to daddy issues are always like pr- premium. Yeah. Because even then, like everything comes up. It's like you know, bored bird looking, you know, facing left but looking right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like. Yeah, fish through seaweed, birds swooping down, then all of a sudden, daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had one too. They're like dragon flying down. And it was actually a bird, the dive bombing bird, but I could kind of understand why they thought it was a dragon because we were saying dragon for so many other symbols. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait, what's the dragon flying down? I'm like, oh, okay. It's probably the bird one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, as long as you can try to just that. describe it best as best as you can we can we can figure it yeah. out it's like a game of pictionary yeah that's what makes it fun got to keep it interesting we got to keep sin awake too what are you up to right now uh my bird is swimming through seaweed <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> okay now i've been just uh roaming around uh pleasure gardens here or uh, yeah pleasure gardens Getting- Getting the stuff done. Yeah, I got controlled burn randomly. I don't even know what I did, but kill some of these nightmares. That's just wrong running yeah. a circle collecting heavy and just taking them down as quickly as I can and bleeding blues as fast as they come in and because that's still a, a problem. I have not cleaned out my inventory that on my actual person, even though we've got a hundred more spaces. A lot of the stuff I've just been hoarding on my character because I want to do something with it. I just haven't done anything with it yet. Yeah, for sure. Oh, also, PSA, um, for whenever you're in Pleasure Gardens or Royal Baths, um, you'll notice a red hole in the area. Um, If you uh, see a shimmering, shining enemy that spawns, they will drop an orb, which you take to hole to deposit to spawn a site in that area. Just in case people don't know that. I'm actually swinging mine around right now. Yeah. The Ooh. site that is. Nice. <laughs> not, not your red hole? No, no, no. <laughs> this thing is, uh, um, I got some crazy range on it with the R2 attack. Yeah, oh. yeah. It's, it's, uh, Scythe has a new seasonal. When I saw the trailer, I was, I might have, I fell for it. Because again, Bungie cinematography is tends to be very specific, but uh, the fact that they had a showed a hunter with it, 
And when the hunter first brandished it, it looked like a super pop. So here my mind for like a for like a half a day essentially thought, oh my god, did they like get rid of knives and give us a scythe for a super? I would not be mad at that, like at all. <laughs> <laughs> but then the season came out and it's like attached to the seasonal activity. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool too. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's definitely cool. And, and summon it on the ground. Yeah, it goes way far out and it's powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, inspect me. Check out this new emblem that I have. Uh, this is the week one emblem for completing all the seasonal challenges, which took a fair amount of time, let me tell you. I don't know why they made an emblem for just the week one. I can't imagine there's going to be emblems for every week, but once you complete all the seasonal challenges for week one, you'll get a Bungie Rewards Digital Redemption, and then you can get this emblem. Well, now that gives me incentive to complete my last seasonal challenge. It actually did. That's kind of why I'm mentioning it. I didn't want to do the gambit and the momentum control, but then I hopped in it today, and uh, momentum control wasn't bad at all, actually. I was doing pretty okay. In fact, I got one of the... um, how many how many uh, kills do you have to get for um, Shax to say uh, you know the line the line that they have on Guardian Down uh, Hazel you're in the chat the uh, so they can witness you <laughs> whatever oh, I got a lot of right kills there. so I got that line so uh, had fun in momentum control too yeah um but no yeah that's uh, no that's not seventh column um. I know I got at least five. I thought I got six because I was standing in a well and people, everyone was running up to me like dum-dums and, and I was throwing my solar grenades and had a good auto rifle. And so, uh, I got a lot. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to brag, but (laughs) I got lucky, (laughs) but, um, but I actually had a lot of fun, uh, like popping into momentum control again. Um, I tried like, like an idiot, I tried like a normal loadout, and then I got reminded because I got murdered. I think it was a scout rifle. I got murdered by something, and it's like, oh yeah, this is momentum control. Let me put on the high impact scout rifle and start two tapping people from across the map. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fire fl- fright works really well auto rifle because of its excellent range and stability, and. uh I was doing okay with it too, because you know you don't momentum. You don't have to hit a lot of shots to get the kills, but no. on the the maps that had range, uh, that weapon seemed to work very well. People were not expecting yeah. to get dead from me with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up like kind of accidentally completing the momentum control because uh, I normally don't try and complete the extra, like momentum control and usually the team scorched or scorched modes. I I definitely don't try and do those all in one week, uh, just to prevent burnout and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I ended up accidentally doing it this time because I was mainly wanting to test the uh, test blades in or knives in PvP and see how they did and see if they felt any better. Uh, because beyond, of course, equipping um, the fragment that everyone has, where you're solar super projectiles have better tracking or aim assist. They did uh, change knives a little bit to make tracking quote more predictable. 
but either way, all the help seems to, or all changes and all things definitely help knives feel so much better in PvP. So much better. Yeah. Like, I can actually run Blade Barrage in PvP without feeling like garbage anymore. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. what? Yeah, what else do we have? Three percent for dredging up victory. So okay, I'm not that far from completing it. And just go for it. Get that triumph. I know, right? Or the emblem. I was going to let it sit there because I know there's going to be more gambit stuff coming up in later weeks. But as soon as you mentioned week one emblem, it's like, hmm. Or I could do it now. (laughs) Yeah, the the gambit one was the most annoying. Um, I haven't had that bad of a time in gambit. I had a great time in momentum control today and a horrible time in Gambit and only one I should have just looked for a team but you know I went in the solo playlist and only won two matches out of like eight that I had to do to to get it done Lord I've (laughs) won like I've won like two out of three I think yeah (laughs) or maybe two out of two it might be like a 50-50 split but yeah I mean I I have not had an awful time in Gambit and that uh, digital reward by the way by the time this comes out, it will be what Monday, Tuesday. You can still earn that reward up through August seventeenth. Yes. yes. So you don't have to necessarily get it done now. You just got to get it done soon, ish. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. What it is is it's just the reward for doing all of the week one seasonal challenges. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what the other challenges are like because some of these were a little uh, long, if I might say so, <laughs> where you had to get a lot of kills with auto rifles that almost seemed like it was like, yeah, no rush, get them done right. a few weeks in, whatever, you know. Yeah, the auto rifles took a, took a minute. Yeah. But of course, thankfully, I was rushing. I was like doing so much... Uh, of the seasonal event, it just kind of happened slightly organically. So that's nice. Yeah. Also, I guess we uh, yeah the fact that uh, the additional fragments uh, were not tied to first completion of the dungeon, but rather some absurd amount of completions of seasonal activity. That's right. Which, thankfully, as I read through the twab, um, there is doesn't seem to be a time limit to this campaign of completing the seasonal activity. It's more of a whenever we get it done, then these fragments will unlock. Mm-hmm. So that's good. I mean, at the very least, they're not putting a time limit on it, which I kind of like that uh, aspect to it. Yeah, they also mentioned uh, they think it'll happen in not no hardly any time at I forget the actual wording they were used, but <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. Uh, I mean, right. we've come together as a community to do worse things, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of I think that's the biggest news for the club, too. Uh, because of course, most of it is about either a the opening of the season and linking to the Vidox. Um, to the opening of the dungeon, which hadn't happened yet at the posting of the club. So, yeah, and they did 
pretty much nothing to spoil the dungeon in the twa, which I, I'm, I'm, I would definitely dig like, uh, I'm definitely okay. Like with the, with this new mentality of, you know, holding off on things until mm-hmm. like release. Cause it was, it was actually super nice to like not be in so informed about the season until at least like the launch trailer and Soldier 3.0 Vidox came out. There, yeah. yeah, I would not be opposed if this is like going forward. Right on. Well, j- yeah, just a reminder again, like you mentioned, um, check us all out on Potato Thumbs Podcast, a great podcast. Check them out, subscribe to them. Listen to them also, along with all the other podcasts we've mentioned in the past. Uh, we're just mentioning them right now because we were guests on there recently. But yeah, definitely check out destinypodcasts.com where you can see the complete list. And if it's not complete or something's wrong, please let me know. And we have some great guests. Uh, check it out in the Discord. I won't announce it on the show because I don't like doing that just in case. But we have the names mentioned in our events in the Discord right now. You can see who's coming up on our next show going to be a great duo and we are going to be most likely talking builds and then other just fun shit talk or whatever <laughs> yeah you're saying Sounds you don't want to jinx it i'm just trying to be a professional sin you never know what can happen and Fair. keep people on their toes if they are hearing this and don't know then it'll give them incentive to look around in the discord and interact there you go all right. Thanks for, uh, yeah. Thanks for a great start of the season, Bungie. Yeah. yeah we love you, man. <laughs> and uh, we know that there should be at least, to me, it seems like six. In the past, there's been three. Uh, I'm sure there'll be like sub variations, but, uh, you know, weekly missions and things to come back for uh, weeks to come. <laughs> If they do six, boy, that's two thirds of the season then, and then we'll have the uh, the um, solstice event. Yep, just solstice now. Yes, just solstice. Not there's no heroes involved or s- anything else. <laughs> All right, um, Sin, tell us something good. Tell us something really exciting that you've been doing, and then you can also tell us where people can find you. <laughs> Um, since Potato Thumbs podcast, uh, we talked a little spoiler alert by the time this comes out. Hopefully somebody's listened to it already who listens to the show. But I said during that podcast, I haven't really played around with Lorelei on the Titan much. I had uh, started doing that during the dungeon. Um, that does work really well. It does give a makes the Titan pretty much a tank. Uh, you can you can take a lot of damage with sitting in one of those solar flares for sure. Um and getting that uh, solar flare to go on a on a rally barricade or a uh, just a barricade there, super helpful. But that's about it. All right. Really and tight. where can people find you? Uh, they can find me shoulder charging Kingsley off the map or over on Twitter at sin underscore media. Desiree, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me, of course, all across Discords. Um... Where I normally hang, um, as well as on Twitter at des underscore raven. So Kingsley, yes, you can find me as Kingsley Mac all the places, 
I'm definitely hanging out in the Discord and on Twitter. I occasionally post, but there I am MC Kingsley, just to have it be different. No, that's actually not why, but uh, if you don't know why, I won't tell you today why. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you can find information about our Discord, our podcast, how to join our clan, information about Patreon, everything that you may want to know about the Guardian Hub, either on Twitter at The Guardian Hub or our lovely website, theguardianhub.com. Best hub on the net. Thank you, Sin. Thank you, Des. And thanks, everyone, for listening into our show. We really appreciate you. And we will talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Bye. Later. Bye, Hazel.